Good morning, everybody. I hope this finds you uh, happy and well. We're going to pray. We're going to get right into worship. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for how how you move in power. We thank you for the anointed word that you have this morning, the anointed time that you have set apart for this morning. I thank you that just as we saw you begin to move in this year, we find ourselves in our homes once again. Lord, we felt you move in power at the beginning of this year from our homes. And throughout this year, so many powerful moments that took place in our living rooms, in our kitchens, in our cars. Lord, I thank you that we can finish this year in that same place. I thank you that this last Sunday, these sounds of praise, these words of truth will resonate out of our homes. We thank you for what you will establish going into this new year this morning. Move in power and find us ready for whatever you have next. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven. Fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To you our hearts are open. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy. God, let your fire fall let us shout, let us shout, be your anthem, your renown, fill the skies, we are here for you, we are here for you, let your word move in power, let your word move in power, let what stand. Let 
Silent night. Silent night. Holy night. Silent night. your light. Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth.
Father, we thank you so much that on this day we can worship and give you thanks for the birth of our Savior, the Creator born into his creation, that the creation might return to him in the end. And we thank you because of that day, we are your children. The seal that he received is upon us as well. And Jesus, we thank you that you would leave your place in heaven to be born into this earth. We thank you so much for that act of love. For because of it, we know and understand what love is. Thank you, Lord, and we love you. We praise you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name and to his glory, we say amen. Well, uh, I hope this, this word finds you joyful, finds you happy. It's, it's two days after Christmas uh, when this service is being aired. Um, I hope you've had a wonderful Christmas, uh, spending time with the family that you can spend time with. Uh, I'm looking at the camera because obviously we're just doing a live stream service this Sunday. Um, this is really odd, but it's, it's actually for me, it's December 5th on a Saturday morning. Uh, when we're recording this. And um, so that's been odd for me because as you know, or as you will know, uh, we've got Sunday tomorrow and you'll hear a message. But I've been in this place with the Lord because I've had to actually process this word for the last Sunday in 2020. When you're hearing this, what you're hearing right now, this is coming to you in the last Sunday of 2020. December 27th, and while processing with the Lord what this word was, I'm also processing what the words before he's anointed to build us up to the one that we're recording today. It's been an odd place, it's been fun, it's been very unique. Our God is a big God. He has a word for each day, anointed for every day. He's always speaking and he knows what he wants to say. Uh, we just we just get the opportunity to listen. And so I've gotten this opportunity to listen. And I'm also, I, I prayed this at the beginning of the service before we started worship. I am so excited. I can't really tell you how awesome I, I think it is that when the Lord really started doing all this stuff as far as my leadership as pastor here, I took over during our quarantine time. Uh, and, and Randy stepped down during quarantine time. Our last, his last sermons came to you as recordings. And then my first sermons came to you as recordings. But the Lord was doing something so unique and he spoke to the uniqueness in which he was working in our homes and what he was establishing in our homes. He was doing so many things and I think it is so fitting that we finish this year out again in our homes. I'm excited about that. But as I said, I've been processing with the Lord, what is the last word for a Sunday, that is? He's, he's speaking every day, but what is the last word that he has for December 27th, the last Sunday of 2020? And knowing that he has a desire to bring a word in preparation for what is to come. He has, he's, he's good about this. He doesn't ever leave us unprepared. He speaks to us exactly what we need to know. And this morning is no different. He, he is speaking to us on what we need to know for the year 2021, 2021. And in conclusion with the year 2020. So I have a question for you that the Lord has given me. And I've been asking myself and now I'm, I'm asking you. And, and knowing what the Lord spoke before 2020 to prepare us. Think of 2019 with Randy's teachings when we were in here. All of the things that he was showing, all the things that he was highlighting that he was going to do. Now we talked about this, what would have been, it, it is our last week, that, that uh, last weekend in November. We, we spoke about 
how when the Lord speaks, we begin to put an expectation around that word that he's spoken. And, and how we're not supposed to be doing that because we often, we, we always miss it and we end up disappointed. But I, I promise that when the Lord spoke through Randy, the things that he was bringing in 2020, we did not expect this. We, we couldn't have expected this. This is beyond anything that any of us have ever experienced. So we knew, uh, we know that we could not have expected this, but looking back on this year and what he's spoken and having seen and lived through this year, seeing the shift, seeing the urgency in which the father is doing exactly what he said he would do. That's important for us to realize. Do you recognize, look over the last year and, and hold that in comparison to what the Lord said he would do. He is moving with urgency and he's doing exactly what he said he would do. Now, all of that together, now I have this question. Are you all in? Are you all in for what the Lord has in 2021? The Lord simply, as I sat down with him and asked, what is this word that you have? He asked me this question, are you all in? And it wasn't this, this question of, hey man, you better be all about me or, or uh, uh, I don't know. There, there was a, a sobering, um, very intense atmosphere that came with this question. I was, I was very awake, very alert that the air around me shifted as he said, are you all in? Are you all in for what the Lord has in 2021? And he began to show me and I've, I've seen this for a while and he's given me permission to address it in myself and in, in all of us. There is a dangerous hopefulness in the air and it's dangerous because it's not rooted in the father. It's not a hope that we find in the Father's heart for us. It's not anything that he desires for us. And that hope is that if we just hold on, things will return to normal. If we just hold on a little bit longer, the Lord, or not the Lord, but we'll get the lives back that we had in 2019. And in 2020 before, really before March, we'll get, we'll get that life back. And that, that hope is dangerous. This hope that everything will go back to the way it was. It's dangerous because knowing what you know about God, do you believe that he is in the business of going back? I don't. I see no evidence. We have a song, a, a, a cherished song in this house written by our worship pastor that I will not go back. And that originates in the heart of God for his people. We know that we are made for an ever increasing glory, not a fading glory. We are made for an ever increasing glory. Turn to 2 Corinthians 3 and we'll start in verse 7. And while I'm reading this, please listen and read along with me and really consider this question as we read these words. Are we all in. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Now if the ministry of death, carved in letters and stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face, because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was a glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it taken away. 
Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Now we've read this often. We read it uh, just a few weeks ago. We've, we've taught this scripture. We understand, we've seen this scripture. We've seen a new revealing of this scripture. And the Lord is continually bringing it to mind that we are made for an ever-increasing glory. So we cannot hold on to what was because we're not going back. We are not going back. We can't go back. But we can be left behind. Now this is, this is the sobering reality of this. We think the Lord, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. But you can be left behind in what the Lord is doing and not be a part of what he's doing. And just because you get left behind does not mean you get everything you've lost in this last year back. Because you're not made to go back. You're made to move forward. You are made, we are made for an ever-increasing glory. Things cannot go back. Look at the state of our nation, just our country alone. Do you think things can just go back to the way they used to be? They can't. And why would you want them to? Now remove the aspect of personal convenience out of the equation. Now, Because I have to do this for myself as well. Uh, you, you know this about me. You know that I love the fall for one major reason. I love football. I love it. I love it. Things are different now, obviously. Watching football really isn't as fun this year. It's kind of crazy. It's chaotic. But I want the Lord, sometimes, not all the time, I hope that we desire the Lord more than we desire the convenience of what used to be. If he's removing the gray areas, you gotta recognize he's removing convenience. Convenience breeds complacency. If my life is convenient, I'm not really looking to change it. That doesn't work for God. Where in the ministry of Jesus, who is perfect theology, where in the ministry of Jesus was his life convenient? Camping outside along the road, not really knowing uh, where his next meal was going to come from, not really knowing where the Lord was going to lead him, not knowing what was going to happen. His life did not reflect convenience. From the moment of his birth that we celebrate, we celebrated it two days ago, the moment of his birth. What about that was convenient? In a manger, in a barn. What about that was convenient? No, Jesus, who we have proclaimed to be perfect theology and we believe that until it starts tapping into the convenience of our life. Now I'm not trying to come at you, I'm talking to myself as well. We've got to recognize though, Removing personal convenience out of this equation and ask, would you want them to go back? Would you want things to go back? Do you want the gray areas back? I don't. I really don't. I don't want the gray areas back. Look at all of the, the chaos and craziness that was caused by the gray areas. Don't we want that gone? Yes. Because with it gone makes makes it very clear the path of Jesus and the establishing of his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I was having a conversation with Randy just, it was for me just the other day, but as you're getting this, it was several weeks ago. And that conversation opened the door for this truth that has been anointed for this day, December 27th, our last Sunday of 2020. And it starts in John 15. Now, this is a popular passage, and this is a popular passage with me. 
you know this. You know that I, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. Um, my youth students know about this. They, uh, they have heard this passage taught very well. Well, I say very well, very often. They've heard it taught very often. But in my conversation with Randy, I've normally focused on really verses, verses five to the end. But there is so much significance that I have overlooked for so long in the first few verses. Now we'll be in John 15, verse one. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. What does that word abide mean? This is important. This is an important review. If you don't know, the word abide means to remain in. To remain in. So look at the wording here. Look at verse two. In verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The key wording there is in me. Verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in in the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. Neither can you unless you abide in me. To remain in. The branch cannot bear fruit unless it remains in the vine. Now we have heard, I have heard, I've, I've, I have heard it taught one way. Though this, this passage, these first six verses, until Randy revealed to me the revelation that the Lord had given him. And he taught, he taught this in a Sunday school. So this will be review for some of you that have heard, heard Sunday school just several weeks ago. He, he spoke on this. We have heard that we are these branches that must attach ourselves to the vine in some way, aka Jesus. But I challenge you with this. Look at the trees outside. Look at the trees in your yard. Uh, look at the trees at the church. Is there a part of that tree, of the growth of that tree, where what is attached to the tree is not the tree? Let me ask that again. Is there a part of that tree growing outside, the one you're looking at, the one you're thinking of? Is there a part of it that's growing right now from the roots to the leaves that is not that tree? The branches, the leaves, the fruits, the roots, the stump, all of that is the tree. When it is cut off or pruned, can it rejoin the tree? Well, obviously, no. We've been taught in, in Christian culture that we are these branches that, that need to stick ourselves into the vine. We're the branches, he's, he's the vine. And now it says that, but we've misunderstood what he was saying in this. We misunderstood when he said that we were the branches and he was the vine. We're misunderstanding what he was saying. Because go outside, stick a branch back to the tree and tell me how that will go. I can tell you it's not going to go very well. Because only that which is a part of the tree and originates in the tree can remain. And you may still not know where I'm going with this and that's okay. So let's look at this. Acts 17 Verse 26 is where we'll start. Now I like this because I really don't have to wait for you. If you need to get there, just pause and keep going. Um, right, can they pause? Yeah, they can pause. You can pause, okay? Now you know, you can pause. Acts 17, verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries 
of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. In him. Now Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So to think that we are branches plugged in also speaks to this incorrect thought that we walk with him and do whatever we want. Now this has been taught quite a bit in in our society. It's been taught that we... We have this individuality within the body of Christ. Now, we've heard this taught, when this is so odd, you've heard this taught, not at this moment in time for me that I'm living in, but you'll hear it taught tomorrow, December 6th, but you've heard it taught as this is coming to you now. It's weird. But that we are, we are not... We are individual, but we're individual members of one another. In society, in the world we live in, individuality is pushed and pushed and pushed in separation from everybody, being tied to no one. But in the kingdom of God, this finger is only functional when it's attached to the hand, which is attached to the arm. Yes, it's its own finger, but it has no function without the rest of the body. We're meant to be plugged in. We're meant to remain in. So to think that we are these individual branches that though you may not think that you're attaching yourself to the vine, to think of yourself as a branch that is shooting out of the vine, no. We are meant to remain in. We are meant to remain in. We are his. This is his life. So what the word Randy used, it's about absorption. It's about being absorbed by Christ. We, we, we talked about it just a few weeks ago with Mary. She received the Holy Spirit. She received the promise of the Lord and received the Holy Spirit and then was overshadowed by the presence of the Most High. We are meant to be those that are overshadowed. He is the vine He is the branches and he is the fruit. But in this living a life for Christ, we tend to attach this this lack of fun, this lack of joy, this lack, this inability to, to, to have my own dreams. And and we we make it so much about if I'm going to be a Christian, well, I have to do this, 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 and this. You've missed it. That's not it. You are a vessel made to be filled with the presence of God and overshadowed by that presence of God. And there will be dreams that originated in him, in his heart for you that he will give you. And these are not dreams that are like, I don't know, church-related dreams. If you, you guys know me, you know I love, I love horses and cattle. And uh, Sarah and I have a dream of owning land. We want to own land. We want to live in the country. That's the life that we want. We want to be able to walk outside, see our horses in a barn. We, that's a dream that we've had. We've had for a very long time. That's come from the Lord for our life. That's not just something we made up. It's something that's always been there. And that's not a church-related thing. It's a dream that we have. That in pursuing the Lord, it's still there and it still grows. If it wasn't of God, it wouldn't be here anymore. So to say that these dreams and the things that the Lord wants to do with your life are not fun and can't bring you joy is is wrong. And he just wanted me to address that really quick. I've talked to several kids. I was a youth pastor for a while and 
so many of them just thought that this Christian life just meant this boring, no good experience. I'm telling you, it's so far from the truth, but we get that boring checklist that we just have to go through every day when we think of ourselves and see ourselves as these branches that get to sprout out of the vine. No, we are meant to remain in. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is his life. This is his breath in my lungs. This is his life. I'm simply a vessel. And in that place, there are dreams. If a branch, going back to thinking of a tree. If a branch is growing out of a tree, the goal of that branch is to get where it is touched by sunlight. The tree sends it to where it can absorb sunlight. So when we find ourselves in the vine, we will always find ourselves in the light of the Father, exactly where we need to be. Exactly where we need to be. So we have to, going into this new year, we have to receive in fullness all that the Lord has for us. We have to be those that would be overshadowed by the presence of the Most High. So again, I ask this question, are you all in? If your answer is yes, then let the Holy Spirit have all of you that you may be overshadowed by the presence of the Most High. I don't know why the Lord on this last Sunday would ask that question, but I can think of a few reasons. I can think of a few reasons that he would ask us that question. Are you all in? Because things are not going back. He is not taking us back to the way the world used to be. He is taking us to new places we are made for an ever-increasing glory. It's a little bit scary. That's okay. I know God. I know this man. I know, I know my father. I know the spirit. I know the son of God. I have a relationship with them and I know that they have got this. They have got me. And they are working a mighty work to restore the church. They are not in the business of restoring governments. That's not their job. That's not what they're focused on. They don't care. They want the church, the body of Christ to be restored. The ministry of reconciliation has to first exist within these walls, within the body of Christ. We must be reconciled back to God. And then when that happens, when the church, when the sons and daughters of God find themselves exactly where the Lord would have them, everything around us changes. And the Lord is in the business of doing that. He's removed the gray. He's bringing the prodigal sons and daughters home. He's doing a new thing each and every day. And he's asked us this question, are we all in for what he has next? I pray that your answer is yes. But it doesn't just stop with you saying yes. You must be, we must be consumed. We must be overshadowed by the presence of the Most High. That we would find ourselves in the vine. Remaining in the vine of Christ. Remaining in the branches and remaining in the fruit. Being his and consumed by him. Living this life for him because it is not ours, it is his. So what he has next for us, I do not know. I may know when this word is released, maybe I'll know more. But as of right now, I do not know. But I'm telling you, the Lord is not done. He's not finished. He didn't simply start something that he intended to end with the new year. He is building upon it. Will we find ourselves there with him, co-laboring with Christ? There is work to be done. So are you all in? Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for 2020. What a blessed year this was. What an eye-opening year, a refreshing year. Lord, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do through the people of this house in the year 2021. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, that we could be exactly in step with you each and every moment of each and every day. That we would be found good and faithful stewards of the time that we have been given in this year. I pray that we would make 
best use of our days. Our life is but a miss, and I pray that these mists would not go wasted, but we would be intentional with every moment you give us. And that we, the sons and daughters of God, would be overshadowed by the presence of the Most High this year. Continue to do what you want to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.